0: Susan
1: Jordan,
0: what's going on, Susan?
1: Not a whole hell of a lot.
0: We just uh, finished a podcast on your podcast. Yep. What can you tell everyone what your podcast name is?
1: Yeah, it's called the Strong and Lean at Any Age Podcast.
0: Strong and Lean at Any Age, best fitness podcast <laughs> in the world, <laughs> run by none other than Susan Ibragil, who's my co-coach in the Inner Circle. Um, so yeah, Susan and I, we run the Inner Circle together. Mm-hmm. It's as of the recording. This is what it's February sixth today. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you haven't noticed already, I always publish the podcast Susan and I do about a month late just because that's how I function. <laughs> that's what I do. So uh, you'll be hearing the uh, – uh, by the time you've heard this, you heard the January podcast probably about a month ago. But you probably heard the January podcast in February. You'll hear the February podcast in March mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. We just recorded a podcast on Susan's podcast, so you can go listen to that if you would like. Uh, we do a, one podcast on mine every month mm-hmm. and one podcast on Susan's every month. Susan is here in Dallas. She comes once a month to do the Inner Circle editions, and then we do a Q&A. Yeah. Open Q&A, so we're going to jump right in. Let's right?
1: jump right in.
0: Okay, so let's start with this. Okay. Someone asked, she said, what are the top five exercises for strength training? Wow! Right. So, what what are your thoughts? Number one on the question, and then number two on like what are your top five?
1: So I think the question is very broad. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when people ask that, they're meaning muscle building. Okay. I mean, they don't. I don't know if they understand the the difference. So okay. uh, This person used strength, so I'll just take that as. Because I think it would be different if you're talking about building muscle versus strength.
0: So let's do that. Let's actually talk about strength versus muscle. So how about this? You give your top X exercises for strength and top X exercises for muscle. Yeah. Let's do that.
1: I mean, so deadlifts would be up there at the very top for building strength. Um, Squats would be up there at the top for building strength. Um, A bench press variation, whether that's with a bar... I mean, I prefer dumbbells, but whatever. A bench press variation would be up there for building strength. Um, I'm a puller, so chin ups would be up there for building strength for me. Um, how many, that, I think that's four. That's four. Right? That's four. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would get a shoulder something else in there too, probably for, for me. Okay. Um, but there's so many. I mean, you can build strength on anything. Yeah. You know. I mean, but those the big the first several that I mentioned were just more. Compound lifts, kind of thing. So maybe a little bit more bang for your buck. A lot of systems working to make those lifts happen. Yeah. So I think from a building strength perspective, absolutely. I love all of them.
0: What about what about building muscle?
1: Um, So that's a little bit tougher.
0: (laughs) It's a tough question, right?
1: It's a very tough question um, because the best I don't know you know, the best I mean that's such a subjective thing
0: that's that's what I was thinking when I was saying like what do you think about the question you and I were just talking about this on your podcast mm-hmm. a lot of people look at They'll look at something like supersets and like ooh, there's something magical about yeah. supersets. Or they'll look at something like a sur- okay, you have you wrote four sets and not three sets. Ooh, there must be something magical about that. Yeah. Or like ooh, twelve reps and not eight, eight reps. Set, there yeah, must be something yeah. magical about that. Ooh, supersets. Yeah, like
1: overthinking one hundred and one.
0: Like ooh, what <laughs> exercise? Like listen, it's not there's not one magical exercise or one perfect range of motion or anything magical about this. Like there are so many efficient and effective mm-hmm. ways to do this yeah and i think that question makes it appear as though there's
1: a way right a there's way.
0: one way and a the, way. these five exercises you must be included right. in every single program and that's All just not time. true no it's, like, it's
1: it's not true and there's so many variations of exercises and things to do and um yeah it's it's overthinking 101 without a doubt yeah. it's just too big it, it, it's too big. I mean, do I have favorite exercises that I like to do? Absolutely. That's
0: a better question. Yeah. Favorite versus best.
1: Yeah. F- favorite. Um, so I, those would be my favorite strength ones that, that I just said for sure.
0: What are your current, and I current is a deliberate word, current favorite muscle building exercises?
1: Mm, current.
0: Because current... It changes. Yeah. Right? Like, my favorite exercises have changed dramatically over my career. Yeah. So, like, from a from a muscle-building perspective, what are your current favorites? Wow.
1: Um, I've always been a fan of doing a bench press with dumbbells in any way, shape, or
0: mm, form. And you're strong as shit at it, too. I, I that would and like dumbbell rows. I would like to be stronger at it, to yeah. be
1: honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, it, this is so random dumbbell bench press with a pause that's kind of my mm, a pause at
0: the bottom yeah yeah yeah. yeah. that
1: that's a tough one for why me. do you
0: like the pause at the bottom because
1: it's hard as hell to do <laughs> and I'm frustrated because I want to move up and wait and I can't I mean I keep I can't for three sets yet you know yeah. I'm, I'm pushing the envelope and I am the envelope pusher the queen yes. envelope pushing. yes you
0: are that's exactly <laughs> right
1: that's not necessarily a good thing let's put that out there I mean, if I do one set with forty pounds, I'm picking up the forty-five to the next set. Yeah. I'm hands down. I'm picking them up. I'm probably not going to get what I want to get with them, but I'm going to get what You're I gonna can. I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm going to try, and now I know where yeah. I stand, and that's where I start going from there. Okay. And just the pause makes it so much harder.
0: I like the dumbbell bench press with pause for so many reasons. One is much harder. I think one of the main reasons I love that specific movement, the dumbbell bench press with pause. And keep in mind, the pause here is right at your chest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's at the bottom of the movement. I love this for most gym goers mm-hmm. because most people are not using a full range of motion. Mm-hmm. And where they pause shows you where they think the bottom of the range of motion yeah. is. And they're using way too heavy weight. And And frankly, I'm I'm talking mostly to men here. This is not, like, yes, there are women who do this, but generally speaking, I think men use too heavy a weight and short the range of motion. Women use too light of weight and and then look for the perfect repetitions. But I love having, especially dudes, do this exercise. Because they'll pause like halfway down. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no you yeah, no, haven't no. gotten there yet. You, you've got a long <laughs> way to go down, sir. You've yeah. got a long yeah. way down. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep And then going. pause for two seconds, yeah, yeah. and then they drop the weight by like forty pounds, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: I love that exercise. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I love a dumbbell row, like.
0: Yeah, you're the queen. You, you, if you were talking about queen, like you're the queen of dumbbell right?
1: <laughs> I I truly believe you I, are
0: the. That dumbbell is my queen.
1: that is my heart and soul that exercise because I want to get that hundred pounder close.
0: in your my hand.
1: I I'm knocking on the door. Yeah, you're close. I mean, I, I'm getting used to picking it up. That's yeah. my first thing. You like, know where
0: I feel that I when we do jujitsu and like the couple of times where you've grabbed onto my like lapel mm-hmm. or my collar. I'm like, Oh shit! <laughs> like I feel it. I feel in your grip and like. Good luck to anyone, any anyone who ever tries to fuck with you. Like when you grab onto my lapel and you pull, I'm like, oh shit! Like you've got strength in that arm and in your back. Like I That's feel, good to I know. feel that. I good, feel that. yeah.
1: That's great to know. I I love that exercise. Um, and that is just that one. That is one exercise. I just am like. Driven, yeah, in. yeah, just driven for that exercise, and it's so simple. So simple. It's so simple, but um, I don't know. I get so much satisfaction. Yeah. Out of that exercise. Um, I'm also a fan of lateral raises, dumbbell lateral oh, raises. Okay. So notice a theme here. I'm yeah, a dumbbell yeah. girl. I, you know, I haven't seen a barbell in a long time. And upper
0: body. You love upper body. Training. <laughs> These are three upper body exercises.
1: But. This most the recent training phase that we just concluded has yeah. brought a whole new light to life, and yeah. and I've been tra- training single leg everything just to, so we can work on my hip stability a lot mm-hmm. more. And man, what an improvement! Yeah, I've made on that. I've come to love single leg stuff. Yeah. I mean, geez, the 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 squat to box and, yeah. and squat from box, um, either one of those. Um, Bulgarian split squats. I've always loved those. Yeah. Um, and I still love them. I, you know, it's so interesting. That is one of those things. It's those things that are in the back of my head. Yeah. That are like, you know, damn it, I have room to grow because yeah. I, I feel like I've lost a little bit there over the years because of my hip. Um, so I'm rebuilding there. Yep. yep. And just in general, leg day has become so much more fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I'm in a rebuild mode, and I talk to people in the inner circle about this, and I think this is really important. Man, rebuilding is fun as hell. Yeah, it is. It is so much fun because the you see the progress. Yeah, you it just gives you confidence. You're like newbie
0: games again. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like the first time you're back in the gym. Yeah. and you see all this progress. And there's
1: no pressure. I feel like yeah. there's no pressure anymore. Yeah. you know. So leg day's taken on a whole new thing. And I've always loved RDLs. That's kind of yeah. my uh, my my fave there. I
0: think RDLs are one of the best lower body exercises for it's not uh, calling it lower body i think is not doing it justice
1: i agree i agree cuz
0: massive grip strength exercise yep. lats uh, upper back stability lower back strength uh, and then obviously like glutes and hamstrings as well and also your is those two huge muscles on either side of your spine i think rdls are are among my favorite exercise for strength and and muscle building yep. for performance for back health I think RDLs are just every every variation as well, not just a barbell RDL. We could look at regular barbell, we could look at sumo, we could look at single leg, we could look at yep. split stance, we could like any RDL any variation. Any of those, yeah.
1: And you would put um, dead stop single legs for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Holy
0: crap! I love those. Oh my! Those lit your glutes up.
1: Yeah. And, and my hip <laughs> lit my whole hip up. Yeah. That was so much harder than I ever remember. Yeah. You know it. And I mean and. It, that puts so much in perspective for me, I think, yeah. training-wise. Just training lower body in a different way. I was so jacked to go to the gym every lower body day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's so funny that the the temperature changed yeah. big time for me.
0: As you change that's one of the things about about fitness is one thing I really struggled with, I was a power lifter for so many years and I put all of my self-worth on my power lifts mm-hmm. and my performance as a power lifter. And my identity was a power Yeah. Lifter. Yeah. And when I wanted to retire from powerlifting, I had like this identity crisis. It's I like, understand well, But I'm a powerlifter. Like, am I supposed to be using these tools? Like, should, is it okay if I use kettlebells? Is it okay if I don't squat in this workout? Like, I had a huge identity crisis. And but then through that change, I, I found so many more things I loved, and I had new favorites. And it's uh it's one of the i think a really important thing about training is m- you might have a favorite right now but that doesn't mean it's going to be your favorite forever and mm-hmm. that's okay and be okay with changing mm-hmm. and trying new things and that's one of the reasons why like you and i both encourage people to find the thing that you really enjoy more than trying to find what's best or what's perfect or what's optimal find what, to what you to do. love
1: yeah yeah you know, chin ups are still a favorite. Oh, of course, yeah. But my, you know, my bicep tendon just k- keeps wearing its ugly head, so that kind of puts a limit on it, the, on it for me. And I want to get back to being able to do 45 pounds for reps, mm. like for like, if I could get three reps with 45 pounds on my waist, that would yeah. be amazing. Which is insane. Uh, yeah. By the way, like, <laughs> the would... first
0: time I ever saw you do chin ups was you sent me a video of you doing banded chin ups. Yeah. In the snow. In
1: the blizzard. In
0: a blizzard outside yeah. your house on a porch, and now. You, you got to a point where you could do chin-ups with 45 pounds strapped yeah. around I your I could waist.
1: do a uh, chin-up. That's one, insane. One. One. And I want to get back. I mean, I'm going to fight to get back. I, before I die, I will do it again. I 100. know I will. <laughs> <laughs> I know I will.
0: Well, you're living it's in the 500s, so <laughs> like, you've got plenty of time. It'll be,
1: it's just one of those random goals. But it goes back to how I've given myself these goals, right? And yeah. you do too. Yep. Um, it, w- Within our training programs, just... Like, I was looking at the thing today. I said, okay, I did that. Okay, by the end, I want to be able to do this much yeah. weight. I don't always hit it, but, man, it really keeps you focused and driven. Yeah. So now you're kind of more training for something as mm-hmm. opposed to just, okay, I'm going to work out today. Exactly. You know, I don't know. It's a little bit more intense.
0: Something you just said, it's like sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people, they set a goal, like, I want to hit this weight. And if they don't hit it, they're demoralized. Yeah. It's like... I actually see this a lot with people who are trying to make content on social media, Mm. right? It's like, all right, I'm going to make this post, and then it doesn't get as many likes as they want, and they're demoralized. And I was trying to figure out, how do I come up with a way to teach them to not let that demoralize them? And I think a lot of people look at, whether it's a a lift in the gym or a post on social media, whatever it is, they look at as that lift, that workout, or that post as – As the end all be all of who they are as a person, what Mm. people think of them, how good they are, how strong, whatever it is. It's like, no, no, this is just this. When you take a test at school, that test doesn't say anything about who you are as a person. Yeah. Or like, there could be so many reasons why you might have flunked that test or passed that test. So many reasons. So when you go to the gym, it's just, it's another test. Yeah. It's a test on that day. Yeah. And maybe you fail that test, but at yeah. least you took it.
1: Oh my God, how many times have I not reached a goal? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like,
0: whatever. Like, listen, yeah. I wasn't as strong as I wanted to be today. Cool. Yeah. On to the next. Yeah. It's like you post something on social media, it doesn't get the engagement you want. Okay. Cool. Whatever. All right. Yeah, that didn't go again. the way I wanted. Yeah. Cool. Try it again tomorrow. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's, I think people get really wrapped up in the numbers, the amount of weight they're lifting, the whatever they weighed on the scale that day, how many people like their picture. People, I know people who will post a picture, they don't get a lot of likes, they delete the picture, they take it, it down. Yep. Fuck that mm-hmm. bullshit! Um, yeah, I, I, people got really wrapped up in the numbers in life, and uh, I, I think having that ability to just be like, ah, it's another test. I
1: kind of don't want to hit all of them right away.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I Where's the kinda, fun yeah, in that?
1: Yeah, I mean, then what do I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm chomping at the bit to hit the row more than any of them right now because that's the one I think I can hit first. Yeah, but the hundred
0: pound row. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you could hit that for sure
1: yeah but the the others you know and then I want to you know I want to get back to to moving some heavy weight on a on a dumbbell bench press yeah um so I just feel like giving yourself these goals helps for all that and it's not the best it's it's what works for you whatever you like you know and I like
0: that you you have one at a time first I'll get the dumbbell row, cool then after the then I can chase the the dumbbell bench press Mm -hmm. and and then I'll chase something else Mm -hmm. When people make goals for themselves, like, I want to do this and this and this and this and this, it's like, you can't do it all at once. No.
1: No, you can't do it all at once. And, you know, I have chin-ups in the programs you give me, so, uh, but I'm not like, okay, I'm doing this for my 45-pound right. right now. No, I'm doing them to survive because yes. of, because of the, the bicep tendon right now. So I'm doing what I can just to
0: maintain yeah.
1: what I got. You know, cool. But, yeah, I want the row.
0: And most people, they'll try and achieve everything at once because they want to achieve it all faster. But when you try and achieve everything at once, you don't achieve anything at all. Yeah. When you achieve one thing at a time, you end up achieving all of it. And you actually end up, it just, maybe it'll take you three or four years. Yeah. Cool, it took you three or four years, but the way that you were trying to do before, it would have been impossible at all. Absolutely. You wouldn't have done it.
1: Absolutely. I
0: think it's, it's really, I got a message the other day. Someone messaged me and said something to the effect of, this isn't verbatim, but to the effect of, she was so mad. She's like, I'm so mad. I've followed you for years. You said losing one to two pounds a week on average was really, really good, and I thought that that was stupid. Well, now here I am four years later, and I'm even heavier than I was when I first started following you. I wish I had just listened and done something more sustainable from the very beginning. Mm. It's like...
1: Mm-hmm. People
0: have this idea. I just want to do it all now, and I want to mm-hmm. lose. I want to lose weight faster, gain strength faster, do it all right now. It's like,
1: and look at our society though. That's what
0: it that's is. That's what they want. Yeah, and, everything
1: is at our fingertips correct. in an
0: instant. And, and I'm guilty of it as well in many ways. Like I want, I want it all now. It's, it's like that commercial. It's my money, and I want it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you can take a step back and say, "Listen, I'm going to do one thing at a time, and maybe this one thing will take a year and a half, and mm-hmm. I'll do the next thing, and then I'll do the next thing." It's like. If if you're lucky and blessed, you'll be here for a while. So who cares if it takes five who years cares? or seven years or ten years? Is
1: dear like- God, I, you know maybe when I'm 80, I'll get one of these. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Who cares? And and I have to say, and this is probably the get off my lawn. I'm an old person kind of thing, <laughs> thing coming through here. Take your shotgun out. <laughs> get off my lawn. But I I feel like. Yeah, I didn't grow up with all this stuff, you know. I don't have the instant gratification stuff
0: yeah, within me. Exactly. You know, yeah. I mean,
1: a little bit now as an older adult, but um it that is not part of who I am. Yeah. I know I have to work long and hard because yeah. that's how it's always been. Yeah. And so I feel like that's an advantage a little bit. A 100%, in, 100% yeah,
0: advantage. I,
1: but I mean, I'm tempted by all this. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm involved with all of this. So yeah, I I totally get it. But, but I feel like if you can get rid of all of those expectations, I mean, it's just like with losing weight, the unrealistic expectations yes. and the timelines and all that stuff that ruin everyone. Yeah. Um, get that. Get rid of that for building strength and muscle too, you know? And just, I want the dumbbell row. Yeah. I don't care. When it happens, it happens.
0: Someone once said something. Uh, I was in an audience. I was a teenager, and this guy said something. This is a rabbi. He was like, if you really want people to learn tell them a good story. Mm, I mm -hmm. think stories are one of the best ways to communicate lessons and through teaching. And one, I love storytelling and I think I can get a lot better at it, but I think I'm okay at it. And one thing I realized about stories is no really good story has ever come from an outcome. All good stories come from a process.
1: Yes, that, yes.
0: Right, it's like every good story, they don't just say, this is what I got. They say, this is how (laughs) I got it. Yeah. And, that's the story. And so, anytime you're struggling or you're 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 doubting yourself, like it's all part of your story. Yeah. And and in six months or a year or three years, you'll be able to tell that part of the story. Yeah. But yeah. if you quit, then like, well, no, then now that's just like that's just another thing that never happened. But if it's if it's part of the story, it makes the story better. Oh my
1: gosh! Oh, that just gave me chills. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, and we all here enjoy the process, enjoy the process, which, yeah, I think it's important. Well, how can we enjoy the process? Mm-hmm. Well, knowing that it's going to make your story so much better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so this one I thought would be good for you. This is a question uh, from Kanush 13. She said, I'm trying to get started as a coach. Coming from being a nurse, mm-hmm. do you have any advice? And I thought this would be good for you because you became a coach coming from being a teacher. Yeah. And and you know it's not always easy to switch careers. Yeah. So so what advice would you have to someone who, who wants to become a coach, maybe coming from a different career?
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, I feel like coming from being a nurse, that's a great match. Yeah, it's very I mean, it's a yeah great it fits. match. It fits. it fits well. I mean, I came from being a counselor. That fits really well too. Um, so I think from a physiological standpoint, this person probably has. A lot of background that yeah. other people won't um and so i think that's a great advantage um as a nurse you want to help people you want to keep that same thing going as a coach i mean you want to help people and let people get to know you get out there on, you know in social media nowadays here's the get off my lawn person, <laughs> this you know this is the way to do it let you know if you don't have a social media account get a social media account what, whatever you want to call your, your, your fitness business and start putting out content that's going to help people. And that will come from probably a lot of the, the base will come from your nursing background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how can you get people healthy? Yeah, yeah. You know, gosh, people need to hear that. Yeah, over and over and over again. Nurse and Kate
0: does a great job. She of does a great she's job. So Kate good.
1: does such a great job yeah. of. If
0: you don't follow Nurse Kate on Instagram, follow her. She's amazing. Please
1: follow her. She she's a good friend of both of ours, and um, she does a great job of of blending health and and she's she's a role model for that in hit in fitness. Yeah. And balancing life with two kids and and yeah. all, all the rest. She, she's really good at that. And and she just goes out and posts stuff that will help you with your health. And yeah. that's where she started, and she shows her fitness routine. And how she's, she's the reason healthy.
0: I got into blood pressure. She's the reason yes. I bought my blood pressure monitor off yeah. Amazon. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think that's where I would start with someone like that. Yeah, uh, and you've got a great foundation for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not enough of that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. at all. I think we've sometimes we lose sight of health. For, fit- for fitness yeah. things, which means in gym videos and da da yeah, da yeah. And, and let's be real. You know, if your health is shit, none of that other stuff's going to matter. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's exactly it's right. Not, it's not going to matter. So, um, And we've yeah.
0: seen this, unfortunately, in the last several years where people who had huge gym lifts, and they were jacked, and they were super well-known in the bodybuilding world, and then they dropped dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Boy, we see at, that too much. At, in their 20s. Yep. In their 30s. In their, like, I've seen... In the last two years, I think I've seen between four to six guys drop dead wow. in the fitness industry who were like on all under 50. Wow. All under 50. That's... And it's like, it's just scary. Yeah. It's, it's like your health is the most important thing. And these are people, these are guys who like you looked at them and you're like, damn, like jacked and shredded and strong. It's like, I want to be like that. And then it's like, oh, passed away. Yeah and it's and they have families and they like they're so young.
1: Yeah. It's, it's scary.
0: Yeah, it is. It's,
1: it's It puts a lot of things in perspective too as you get older.
0: Having I a mean, lot of muscle and very little fat does not make you healthy. No. And it's a great first step to take, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have much muscle and do have a lot of fat. But just because someone has very little little fat and a lot of muscle does not mean they're healthy. Yeah. No, it I totally It has to be, be understood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, I mean, someone to the naked eye looks super healthy, whatever, and, you know, who knows what else is going yeah, on? Yeah. Who no knows? Idea. And if you don't take care of yourself, you know, it, and, and as you get older, things get, you know, and I, I say this a lot. As you get older, your timeline kind of decreases. Yeah. You know, I look at my continuum and it's not as long as it was. Yeah. Of course. You know, I mean everybody's gets shorter. And I think as it gets shorter and then you see things like this in the industry with people passing away, you have friends that pass yep. away. Yep. I was telling you, I think last month that I'm feeling like my parents, a lot of my peers are passing away. Yeah. And my parents at this stage of their life decided they didn't go to funerals anymore because they were going so to so sad. many. Yeah, you know, it was just too much. I'm starting to feel that. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah. So things get put into perspective. The health is number one. You know, absolutely number one. The other stuff can come after that, but you gotta have your health first.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, going off uh, the question again, like advice. I think one of the here's what I think about about advice, especially if you're trying to become a coach. I think the first and most important thing you can do is become a great coach Mm -hmm. that's number one before you start making content and trying to get clients the most important thing is become a great coach and that's gonna start with educating yourself Uh, and you don't (laughs) you don't educate yourself on Instagram yeah educate yourself through books and and Mm -hmm. through uh, I I think books are the best thing I really do I think Mm -hmm. like sitting down blocking out all of the noise and you sit down and you read a fucking book.
1: And that is not easy to do. It's
0: not easy, especially nowadays. I
1: swear that's a goal that is yeah. an ongoing goal of mine.
0: Yeah. And but that is the way to do it. I remember I spoke with a, a young woman several years ago. I did a whole podcast with her. she told me, "I feel like I'm just I'm not really interested in in uh, training as much as I used to." And she was young, she was like 22 or 23. And I was like Man, when I was that age, I was obsessed with chomping
1: at the bit. And I was
0: like, and I asked her, I said, "How many books on program design have you read?" And she was like, "None." I was like, "Well, Mm -hmm. that's why you're burned out because you don't know enough in order to know." Like, program design for me is is like a painting. Mm -hmm. It's like there's art is there's so many ways to do it and there's so many opportunities. And when I I remember when I was younger and reading these program design books, I was just like. I was obsessed i was like this this is my art and uh if you haven't read any books on program design or any books on nutrition or any books on on any on client psychology you need to read books read real books don't go on instagram and get in a 30 second clip yeah like there's a reason why my youtube videos are like 45 minutes to an hour plus because, like, that's how you really learn. Yeah. That's how you, if someone really wants to learn, then you're going to invest that time. Yeah, for sure. So, become a great coach, number mm-hmm. one. Once you've educated yourself enough to start giving away helpful information, then I think you can start taking on clients and also start posting helpful content. I think what I'm about to say now is the most important part, especially early on, but really, I think throughout the entire duration of your career, I don't think you should take the role of an expert. And a lot of people, when they start posting content online, they immediately, like, they they take on the role of expert. They're like, I'm an expert in this. It's like, because I passed my level one certificate. Shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah. Whatever. You passed
0: your level Like, yeah. you're not a fucking expert. Yippee. You're not. <laughs> and a lot of people say, well, I have so much imposter syndrome. Yeah, of course you have imposter syndrome. You're saying you're an expert when you've only passed your level one certification. Like, you mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, one of the cool things about not taking on the role of expert is when you you take on the role of a forever student. And what that means is you can put out information that based on your current knowledge, you believe with all of your heart that it will help people. But you also are very open to saying, I could be wrong, and I'm going to do more research, and I'm going to keep learning, and if I'm wrong, I will come back and I'll correct myself. Yeah. A lot of mm-hmm. reasons people mm-hmm. get imposter syndrome is they get worried that people are going to call them out and say you're wrong. But if you don't take the expert role and you say, hey, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. then you eliminate All imposter that. syndrome. Yeah. Because because you're not taking on that expert role. Yeah. So stop saying you're an expert when you're not an expert. Be okay with potentially being wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and just have the mindset of a forever student in jujitsu as a forever white belt. Like You're always a white belt mindset. And just that way, like no matter what, you don't have to go back on anything you've said you can you're always open to having your mind be changed and staying up to date with the cur- current research and you're
1: not out there to impress other professionals other yeah. coaches you know I mean that's not your role either and I think a lot of people get caught up in that
0: yeah, yeah agreed
1: you know that they want to impress other coaches and you know even the people that you think that you want to impress Does what
0: matter. the fuck do they know yeah I mean or why does it matter yeah. why does it, don't worry about it <laughs> yeah don't worry about trying to impress other coaches just try and help i will say i'll give you an example though when i was when i was wrong early in my career i remember i remember this vividly this is the first time i was publicly called out for information that was incorrect um i publicly recommended taking a number of supplements one of them was zma and zma the way it was taught to me had a number of benefits for a number of different things. And that's how I was taught. Mm-hmm. I was like, ZMA is good for this. And I didn't do my research. I was just, I just parroted what I had been taught in university mm-hmm. and through a, a number of other high level coaches. And I just parroted it. And a researcher commented on one of my posts and was like, So I agree with all these except the ZMA because actually research has shown that none of these things are accurate. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I, his name was, I'm actually good friends with him. His name is Bojan Kostevsky. He's based in Sweden. And I remember I had this moment. I must have been 22 or 23. And I was like, okay, I can either like block this guy mm. or I can be like, oh, maybe I was wrong about this. So I asked him, like, could you send me the research? And he sent me a fuck ton of research. And I had never looked this up myself. I had never gone on PubMed and done all this research. I had just taken what I learned in university, which by the way, I don't care if you have a university degree. Yeah. It doesn't mean yeah. no shit. No, no not at no. all. It means that you were told what your professor told you, who your professor might not be up to date, which is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So I looked at all this research, and I was like, oh my God, he's right.
1: Yeah. And I
0: publicly responded. I said, Boyan, thank you for sending this to me. I'm no longer going to be recommending this. It is not as effective as I thought it was. It's not dangerous, but it's just not effective. It's essentially a waste of money. Mm-hmm. And that, that interaction... People loved seeing it because I admitted to being wrong. I benefited from it because then I could give more accurate information. I created an amazing friendship with this guy named Bojan, who I eventually visited in Sweden one time. Um, and imagine if I had just blocked him. Yeah. And kept record like I would never have made that friendship. I would have been stuck in my own way of thinking. Yeah. And I I would have miss. I would have misled more people because I would have continued to recommend it based on what someone taught me in college. That was actually incorrect. Yeah. So it's be okay being wrong. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We're all humans. We all make mistakes. Yeah.
1: I think people starting out feel that pressure to have to be on all the time and be right with everything yes. and no you don't no you don't
0: even experts make mistakes 100 so oh, oh my gosh yes. that's actually one of the biggest issues i have with politics right now i don't care what side you're on no one takes responsibility nobody <laughs> all they every administration blames other administrations
1: <laughs> yeah even
0: when it's blatantly this this administration's fault whatever it is they will blame a different administration, yep. Yep. or they'll blame pundits on the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so frustrating watching these, these government officials who are supposed to be representing us mm-hmm. not take responsibility for the shit that they've done. It's like, yeah. if all you said was, hey, I fucked that up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would respect you so much more.
1: A hundred percent. I think
0: most people would. I would respect it so much more, but they're all playing this... St- Old, tired, stupid game of blame the other side. Yeah. And the media falls into it and they, 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 it all, it all, it's just terrible. It's like taking responsibility for the shit that you've done will be much better than blocking the person or whatever it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. Someone asked, this is a broad one, but it's a good one. Why is it so hard? This is from N incompleto I mispronounced it but incompleto why is it so hard to stay consistent
1: it's a great question you know I I think because it's easier not to
0: mm. you know yeah it's a great one I yeah. think
1: it's easier not to be consistent right it's much easier you don't have to hold yourself to any standards mm-hmm. you 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 can kind of come and go as you please yep I mean it's far easier not to be consistent and I think that's un- honestly I think that's the answer um it's just easier. Yeah. And people aren't willing to hold their own feet to the fire to mm-hmm. be consistent. You yeah. Know, it means giving up something or yeah. you, you know, it has to. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just feel like um people there's so many people that just aren't willing to their feet to the fire keep a promise to themselves even mm. if you phrase it that way you know when you phrase it that way to somebody yeah like if you make a promise to yourself to be consistent keep it
0: yeah Don't because re- you would to a friend correct
1: you would to a friend without even thinking about it yep. you would keep a promise you made to a friend people people are like oh
0: mm-hmm, oh oh yeah yeah
1: wow they hadn't thought of it that way yeah and I feel like that's kind of the crux of it too they're they're not willing to keep a promise they made to themselves because it's easier not to.
0: Exactly. You know? Yeah. I completely agree. And, and I think there are many factors to this. One of the biggest ones I think is I've noticed people stay really consistent as long as they can see the progress they're making. Yeah. And so for example, I think this is one of the reasons why people will be very consistent with something super restrictive, like a juice cleanse. They'll be super consistent with the juice cleanse because they're losing weight hand over fist for that first week. So they're super consistent with it. Yeah. But once that pro- though the weight doesn't go down as quickly as, as they think mm. it should, then they give up. Because the progress isn't going as quickly as they think it should. So we go
1: back to unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic
0: expectations. Yeah. And so but this also goes back to keeping the promise to yourself yeah because even when the progress isn't going as fast as you think it should still stay consistent
1: mm-hmm.
0: most people as soon as progress slows or it's not going as fast as they think it should they stop yeah. like well fuck this it's not working yeah. no no no. it's working you're just quitting yeah just- it's normal for it to pause like yeah. these plateaus like. People, oh, I'm in a plateau, I need to stop. Uh, no. That means you j- a plateau means you keep going. Yeah. And if you stop, well, then you're going to go back the other way. Yeah. And I, I, you've heard me say this analogy a million times, it's like, If you're on a train on the way to work and the train stops to pick other people up, you don't just get off the fucking train because the train stops. It's not like a train plateau. Yeah. (laughs) You just, you wait until people get on. Some people get off, the doors close, and you keep going. You keep going. That's it. Like, you'd be much faster if if the train didn't stop, if you had this express train. But what if you're on an express train and then, like, there's a, a, a breakdown, like, whatever it is, like... You usually just wait there until the engineers come, they can fix it, and you keep going. You yeah. don't just leave and go home, yeah. or you find another way to work, whatever yeah. it is. It's uh, at the first sight of something potentially not working, they quit. It's like, no, no, no. You keep going.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: it's working. This is just part of the process. It's
1: Yeah, absolutely. People quit when the going gets tough right away. Immediately. Right away. And yeah. it is part of the process. So. You need to keep pushing through even when the voices in the back of your head are trying to tell you to stop. Yes. You know, it's emotion. Yes. And, and where I say emotion starts driving that car, yep. you're screwed. You're fucked. You are so screwed when you allow yep. emotion to start talking you into shit. Um, you just need to keep doing what you know deep down you need
0: to yes, do. Yes, exactly. I mean, most
1: people know deep down. And you don't listen to it because emotion's so strong. Yeah.
0: You don't need to reduce your calories. You don't need to increase your exercise. Yeah, no. You need to stay consistent. Yep. Yep. That's it. The other reason I've seen people stay inconsistent, and this is a big one, and this one, this one lights me up, when people call themselves perfectionists.
1: Mm, God, that lights me up too. <laughs> I, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. because you're, you're What a, a cop-out.
0: Per- you're not a perfectionist. No,
1: you're not. You're not.
0: And And people get mad when I say this, but then when I say this next thing, they're like, oh, you're right. I guarantee you there are things in your life that you definitely don't do perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's flossing your teeth. Maybe you just do a shit job. Or mm-hmm. maybe even brushing your teeth, you do a shit job. Or maybe you're like, eh, like you're not doing the, the dishes really well. Or Who knows? There's shit in your life that you do not mm-hmm. do perfectly. But you just, ah, whatever. I'll get it done. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's stuff at work that you're not doing perfectly. Who knows? You're picking and choosing what you say mm-hmm. you're a perfectionist at and conveniently... You're saying, "Well, I'm a perfectionist for my nutrition, and I'm mm-hmm. either going to be perfect on it or not at all." Mm-hmm. So then you're using not being perfect on it as a justification to do nothing at all. Right. And that is the biggest bullshit cop-out mental gymnastics I've ever heard in my life. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, it is. Yeah. You know, you need to kick yourself in the ass. Yeah. And just say, "Stop with that." Yeah. Um, because you're just perpetuating the. You know, you're not making progress.
0: Yeah, I can't stand it. you perfectionism doesn't exist. Not no. It doesn't exist. It's
1: such a it's such a cop out.
0: It's it people pick and choose where they want to say they're yep. perfectionists. You're not. You're yep. not. Um okay, here's a question. So E. J. B. Sully said, Do I do I really need to wipe down everything I use at the gym? It's a good question. What yeah. do you think? What what are your thoughts?
1: You know, um prior to COVID.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I probably did not.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think most people did. Yeah. Because you never saw the buckets out with the whatever, you know, yeah, the little yeah, yeah. wipes or whatever. Then COVID happened and gyms started open and they were, you had cleaning stuff everywhere. Yeah. And I think that changed.
0: Yeah. It changed I people's mentality. It changed yeah.
1: the culture. It changed the courtesy. hmm I think um, I'm well more aware yeah. of stuff now. Me as well. then. Then, especially if I, I'm, I i do not sweat that much. But when I do, mm-hmm. oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I'm frustrated with my gym because I there's not a lot of supplies out anymore mm. like there used to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and when there were, all the time after every single thing I did, dumbbell handles. I mean, we all did that, right? Yeah, we we, we all did that. Um, and now that I don't see it in my own gym as much. Um, I don't do it as much as I probably should for sure on cardio stuff when I because that's where I sweat yeah, the most exactly, yeah exactly right yeah. so I always clean that um, but I think it's a courtesy especially yeah.
0: if you're a sweater it's, I'm a sweater yeah so I especially like it, whether it's cardio equipment or if I'm listening say I'm doing a dumbbell bench press and I'm lying on the bench and you leave and a sweat mark and my sweat marks are there wipe that shit off yeah because no one wants to go lie down on, on yeah. my sweat yeah or if I'm using a yoga mat or whatever it is and I'm sweating on it, great. Um, if I'm using a dumbbell for, I don't know, dumbbell row, I'm not going to wipe the dumbbell down. No. That's fine. That like, was a COVID thing. That's Yeah, that's a COVID thing. Like you don't need to wipe down the dumbbell handles or any of that. It's more like if you're using an elliptical or, or a treadmill or a rower or a lying down on a bench or a mat, yes, wipe it down. Yeah. But dumbbells or kettlebells or anything where you're just grabbing onto it, no, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I would agree. And th- the next one is, well, what if you're sick? Well, if you're sick, you shouldn't go to a public gym. Yeah. If you want to work out in your own home with your own equipment, great. But if you're sick, there's this one guy, oh, my God. There's this guy who works out in the gym here in my mm-hmm. building. He's constantly coughing. Oh, gosh. And, you know, I've got a five-month-old baby upstairs. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I I've been so close to just being, like, Dude, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. I've been so ang- cuz it just it's it yeah, it gets it, it I'm can't even talk. It just makes me so mad. Like mainly cuz my daughter's gotten sick twice and it's awful. Yeah. You know, she like when you're an infant, they breathe through their nose and like if her nose gets clogged, then it's a big issue. It's a big deal. And like never mind the potential issues with her health, but then, like, I'm definitely not sleeping that night. Like, I'm, like, off, like, she'll only sleep if I'm rocking her, if she's really, really sick, and she's having trouble breathing. It's, like, these are things I really didn't think much about prior to having a kid. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, if you're sick... Don't Go to the gym,
1: yeah. I think that's just a great rule of thumb. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't work out on your own if yeah, you want to work out at your house, that's fine, whatever. And maybe it's not the workout that you were going to do at the gym, that's cool too. Yeah, you're not going to lose your progress, <laughs> let's not worry about that.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Trainer OBS, trainer, trainer OBS asked, How long is a typical workout for you, and how often do you do cardio? Hmm.
1: Um, 40, 45 minutes is probably a good average for me, yeah. I think, depending on what it is. Um, I, I Especially on these leg days now, I probably rest more in between than I do
0: mm. other times.
1: Yeah, Because they're all single leg, they take a little it longer. Takes longer, yeah. And then I probably add a little bit more rest per maybe a person that's not injured. Um, so it takes me a little bit longer maybe. And cardio, gosh, this is crazy for me to say. I do something every day. Yeah, I do something now and before anyone goes wait, me, I just don't work out every day. <laughs> Car- the the cardio I do is not like I'm not doing high intensity interval training. Yeah, I'm not sprinting. I'm getting either on my bike um, or an elliptical, depending on the day, and I'm doing about of zone two cardio, probably forty five minutes. If I don't have a lot of time, I'll do thirty. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get what in, in what I can. But that I find when I don't do that, yeah, I feel it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I
1: feel it, and so I don't consider that a workout in the same way as lifting is it's a workout. Not. It's different. No, different it's energy different. Energy systems. It's no. My body's still able to recover. I'm not killing myself doing this. Yeah, you know, I'm watching a show for God's sake. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean,
0: whatever. Can it, have a phone call if you want. Yeah. yeah. It,
1: it just it feels good.
0: Yeah, and if we really think about it. That low intensity zone too, cardio like is like very enjoyable and you could do it for hours and hours and hours without like because it wouldn't be tiring. That is making up for the movement that we're designed to get, but mm-hmm. we don't because of modern day society. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like you literally flew from DC <laughs> yeah. to Texas and yeah. you do this once a month. Yeah. In a fucking flying tube. Tube. <laughs> And you sat down for how, i don't know five hours six hours yeah
1: i mean it's a three hour each way yeah
0: oh it's only three hours yeah. oh it's yeah. not as bad okay yeah. but three hours you're sitting down in yeah. a flying tube yeah it's like
1: and my watch keeps saying time to stand and i'm like yeah. i can't really stand the seatbelt signs
0: signs if you had wanted to make that trip not even that long ago that would have been months and months and yeah. months of, of travel
1: yeah
0: humans are designed to move yeah and if you work at a desk all day like that's not what we're designed to do so it's different we're talking about different things when we're talking about heavy, heavy lifting versus movement. Mm-hmm. I think zone two is movement. It's it's just walking or a light, light movement with a little bit of a little bit of extra work. So I try and do that every day. Yeah. Every day between thirty to sixty minutes. And that takes care of my steps for the day. Yeah. Like cool, done. Yeah. Awesome. Um strength training workout takes about forty to sixty minutes. Depending on, on how strict I am with my rest periods mm-hmm. and how much volume I have. But yeah, 40 to 60 minutes. And then, um, yeah, I'll do zone two every day. Yeah. And that's it. I Feels just feel good. way better. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. What time? We're at 46. Let's see. I want to get a, a really good question. Okay, here's an interesting one. Uh, Kay Heigs, she started off with all caps help
1: Uh oh Uh oh those are all
0: big <laughs> help exclamation point um <laughs> she asked is a treat after lunch and dinner starting a bad habit for my kids how do we reverse it i'm assuming how do we reverse it if it is a bad habit for her kids what do you think is a treat after lunch and dinner starting a bad habit for her kids
1: well, this is such this it's is such, a touchy in, question. It's a touchy question, very individualized for parents, right? Yeah. Um
0: but we don't we don't hold back here, so give yeah. your thoughts.
1: I don't think it is. I mean I don't even know what a it treat depends is. It depends what the treat is, it right? It depends what the what, is treat, treat is. What is your
0: treat like a family sized bag of Doritos? I mean, That's it could a be fucking a Twinkie. Could, I mean
1: it could be a Twinkie. Yeah. You know, it it, it or a lollipop. I, I, think, I think back when Mike was young and I would pack his lunch, and I always put a treat in his lunchbox. Yeah. It could be a Hershey's Kiss. Yep. It could be a Twinkie. Yep. You know, whatever. There was always something mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. He had a, it. It's so funny because this is how I was brought up. A sandwich, and he had some, some kind of chips or crunchy something because yep. whatever that was, some fruit, mm-hmm. and this treat.
0: Super balanced.
1: So we had a little bit of everything yeah. in
0: there. Now, was the si- what was the size of the treat relative to the overall lunch?
1: I mean, it was a small little part. Small, tiny little bit. Yeah, thing, I yeah. mean, he didn't have a half a cake. Yeah. <laughs> he would have loved it, but no. Um, you know, it was usually something like a couple Hershey's Kisses or yeah. a Twinkie. Yeah. I mean, th- that was a Which fail, is only a,
0: like a couple hundred, like $200. Yeah, it's not even. Cake. It's not probably. that much. Yeah.
1: So th- that's kind of how lunch was. And then I know when he was younger dessert at dinner, yeah. I mean, he, of course. Yeah. I mean, because we all have kind of a little sweet thing going on. We all, he gets his love of chocolate from me, for sure. Yeah. And so I get it. But is he having a slab of cake?
0: No. No. You
1: you know, I mean, I can, as a parent, I control that. Yeah. And I think that's the important piece. But there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think treats are bad. Yeah, yeah. And when did treats get bad?
0: Yeah. I, I, here. It depends so much on the the kid, yeah, and their relationship with food, and your, and all that, and the size. But I really think that teaching teaching uh, that no food is bad,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and portion control, mm-hmm. which is what you just outlined by yeah. the way, is that you included it basically at every lunch, but the size relative to the rest of the meal was very small. Yeah, that is an invaluable lesson. Yeah. I think that is the like if. There's no way, like I would listen. You don't eat dessert first. Dessert is last. Yeah, he
1: savored that, and he, that was he looked forward to that, right?
0: And, And you look forward to it because it's it's relatively small and it's special. It's special. Yes, and it's it's not something where I feel like now, especially in America, it's like people are so desensitized yeah. to how special it is it's yeah. like and they yeah. eat more and more and yeah. more and it loses the yeah. the specialness and the uniqueness to mm-hmm. it it's like having a couple hershey's kisses is like oh, this is nice Same. i'm gonna enjoy it yeah i'm not supposed to eat enough hershey kisses to get full from i'm eating a couple hershey kisses because i enjoy it and it's like you don't hershey kisses aren't something you eat until you get full yeah yeah. It's a bad fucking idea. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: You have them at at the end as as like a as nice little treat as a way to end the meal as like a a, a something to enjoy, not to to get satiated off of.
1: Yeah, it's interesting cuz I remember vividly putting an, another dessert thing, a treat in his lunchbox would be um, like when you know, we're in Girl Scout cookie season. Oh, right I now, love Girl Scout. Right? I know, cookies. right? And the
0: and mint ship. Yeah, yeah. So best. I would
1: take some thin mints. Ugh. I mean, I, however many. So, just yeah. take a few. Six or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and put them in a Ziploc bag. And that was his little, yeah. you know, end of whatever. Samoas are the big thing. In oh, my yeah, house, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are pretty good too. Um, yes, you know, handful of Samoas, whatever, a couple of Samoas, but not the box. Yeah. Or the sleeve. Yep. Or whatever. Correct. It's, it's just a couple. So he learned that this is just a little thing. Yeah.
0: I think that, I think that's a much better way to go about it. And, and also helping them understand, like, let's say you get to the end of the meal and you're not hungry. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You don't have to eat it. No. Like, I'm not going to, hey, your dessert's there. You have to eat that. It's like, no, how are you feeling? Do you want to eat it? Sure, if you want to, go for it. But like, I think that, those conversations are much more important than should i have the treat there or not
1: i so agree and i feel like for i'll speak from tim and myself and maybe people in my age bracket we were brought up with clean plate club yes, me as well and, and, that's what and, i was brought up with and yeah. that is that is a tough one to shed
0: that one fucked me up for a while yeah yeah I,
1: I, and as a parent boy that was hard for me yeah to not get caught in that yeah because i was brought up that tim was and tim was Pretty much, you know, yeah, you know, you need to eat this first, kind of thing, yeah. And and I think I understand where he was coming from too, because he was brought up that way, yeah. But I also feel like there was a little bit of the student needs to eat some vegetables too, yeah. I mean, we got to work some veggies into this yeah. guy or or whatever it was, but that is hard as as a, as a parent when you were brought up that way, yeah. I mean, you're fighting everything inside of you, yeah, and and it, and it's tough.
0: Um, and it's also as the parent it's like you're working hard for your income yeah and money might be tight and you're spending money on groceries yeah and it's like you don't want the food to go to waste yeah but now it's like listen just the fact that it was present Mm -hmm. and they knew they weren't going to go hungry Mm -hmm. i think that the job is done it didn't go to waste yeah And if you want to save it and have it tomorrow, great. But I don't like using food as punishment. 100%. I don't like being like, if you don't finish that now, that's what you're having for breakfast. I think it's a bad idea. Oh, yeah. You don't want to punish anyone, kids or adults, around food. I think food is something every human deserves just by right Mm -hmm. of being human. And when you start using it as a punishment – that's yeah. when you develop real bad issues with it. 100%. I
1: mean, would my kid prefer chicken nuggets over broccoli? <sighs> yeah, course. I mean, I mean, come on, to this day.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> we
1: all would. Um, but we never prevented him from having mm. chicken nuggets or whatever it was because he hated broccoli when he was a kid. Yeah. You know, and for any parent that has a picky eater kid, because Mike was kind of that kid, mm-hmm. um, he grew out of that. Yeah. Eventually, I mean, yeah, look I at think, him now. He's- I think the the dude eats sushi. I mean, come on. He's had snail. He's had all this stuff, which he would never have even yeah. thought in his wildest dreams that he would have. Um, so they grow out of it. But we set the example. I think. Yeah. You know, we had different foods. He was exposed to them. Did he always eat them? No. No, he didn't. And did he have his little circle of comfort foods? A hundred percent he did. Yeah. And did we sometimes default to those? A hundred percent we did. I mean we're not perfect parents either. Of course not, no you one. You know, is. Yeah. I mean there's no manuals. You kind <laughs> of find your way. And looking back what I've changed a few things, probably a little bit here and there. I mean yeah. because we weren't perfect, but I mean he turned out okay, you know? They all do. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, it's exactly right. Um, I think that's good. I think that's what we'll call it. Susan, can you tell everyone where they can find you?
1: Sure. Susan Ibergall, fitness, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, Google my name, and you'll see me on Instagram primarily. And um, my book is Fit at Any Age, It's Never Too Late, and that's on Amazon.
0: And what's your podcast name? The
1: Strong and Lean at Any Age podcast.
0: Best fitness (laughs) podcast on the internet. That's it. I love you, Susan. Love you. Have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon.